Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, it is. Off and running on this uh, Saturday, December 23rd. Note to self, really got to get on that Christmas shopping today. Hey there, you. Welcome into this very festive edition of the Gordon Damer Show right here, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. I mean, what more could you possibly ask for? Three jam-packed hours with you right here until noon. Who's ready for some Jets Commanders talk? Oh, yeah! Who is ready to break down three hours of Trevor Simeon against the Washington Commanders? Yeah, it's it's going to be... I don't know that... that uh, the owl is necessary, but before we go too deep, before we get into all the different nooks and crannies that we are going to get into in the course of these next three hours, let me be the first today, at least, to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas, very Happy New Year, all the best in 2024, and we have all I can do today is try to do the best show that I can on this Saturday. And we have more than enough, too much stuff to get into in the course of these next three hours. We have, uh, of course, week 16 in the NFL. And trust me, we will not focus too much on the Jets and Giants because Lord knows we don't need to focus too much on the Jets. I'm assuming this week we will not get as many, we will not focus the conversation as much on the Giants' odds of making the playoffs as we did last week. We, 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 kind of ventured into that area for, I don't know, some strange reason. Bad job by me as host. But we got to get him to week 16 in the NFL. We have uh, Knicks talk and all that that entails with the Knicks uh, and Bucks pregame coming up here on at noon. And, of course, the baseball hot stove is reengaged now with uh, Yamamoto heading off to the Dodgers. The number, of course, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. You can uh, find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. You can find me on TikTok at Old Man Radio, but most importantly, you can find me right here on your radio. Again, until noon, Knicks and Bucks. Have I mentioned the Knicks and Bucks pregame starts at noon? But let's begin with something a little different. I feel like the last four or five shows, for whatever reason, I felt compelled to lead with the Jets because the Jets are the gift that just keeps on giving. Every single week, it's almost impossible to fathom that a team that has not made the playoffs longer than any team in North American sports, but yet somehow every week could come up with an angle or a story or something to get us to continue to talk about them. Luckily for us, that's not this week. Thankfully, we will save that for something a little bit later on. But let's start with the baseball and Yamamoto to the Dodgers. Because that was the big, I think that was the biggest story of the week. We've been following it. We've been waiting for it. We've been watching it. We've been trying to read the tea leaves, every single angle that you could possibly get. And then all of a sudden, the other night, the news comes down. It's done. 12 years, $325 million. And a couple of things to me stand out. A, it's so fitting that the first free agent that it was supposed to be the Yankees and Mets going ahead to head. This is the first time the Yankees and the Steve Cohen Mets are going head to head on a guy. 
And it's fitting that neither team got him. <laughs> With the way that last year went, it's perfectly ironic that neither team ended up actually getting the guy. The other thing that I found interesting was before the news came out that he was going to the Dodgers, we were doing the ESPN New York Tonight Show, and there were little breadcrumbs of things. And the first one was, well, the Giants are out. The San Francisco Giants, nobody wants to play for the Giants. Everyone else was still in. And it was like he was still weighing all these different things, but he knew, even his representatives at that point knew, no, we're not playing for the Dodgers. And when the news came down, it was after the show, it was, what was it, like 12.30, 1 o'clock, whenever it was. I got to be honest, I, I'm not devastated. I was not devastated at the time, now that we've had a, a little time to think about it, not devastated. At that price, he would have to be perfect. And the way I know that is that it's essentially some, similar to the contract that Garrett Cole got with the Yankees, what, four years ago now? And Garrett Cole... Since signing that contract with the Yankees, has had to be perfect every single... Think about what he's done. He doesn't miss starts. He's been top 10 in the Cy Young every single year, and yet there are constantly complaints. So you'd have to be perfect. So I'm not devastated that the Yankees did not get Yamamoto. Maybe part of it is that I've never seen him pitch in an actual game. You know, you see highlights and you see all these different clips or whatnot. Maybe if he were pitching in Major League Baseball already and it was a 25-year-old stud, maybe I would feel different. But I'm, I'm not, I have to be honest, at that price, I'm not devastated. We've seen plenty of teams like the Dodgers are doing now win December, win January, and they don't win in October. And, and now it's pretty clear cut with the move that the Dodgers have made between Otani and Glass now and now Yamamoto. It's baseball against the Dodgers this year. It's either the Dodgers win or they are an epic, epic fail. I mean, they've spent a billion dollars. That's not my hyperbole. That's what they have spent. They've spent a billion dollars. So I'm not devastated, but it does kind of feel like the narrative is, what can you do? This guy wanted to be a Dodger. He wanted to go and play with Otani. And you'd have to say, like, he wanted to be second fiddle to Otani. There was lots of reports along the way of things. Well, he wants, um, he wants a, a, an organization that has this prestige, or he wants to be the guy someplace. No, he didn't want to be the guy. He wanted to be second fiddle to Otani. So, and good for him. He got an incredible contract. But from a Yankee angle, the Yankees offered a higher annual average contract. They had an earlier opt-out. And they had more money in the first five years. And that's not me saying that. It's Ken Rosenthal saying it. Somebody with actual credibility saying that. So I'm not ticked off, at least not yet. But the the fallout of it, if you're a Yankee fan, I certainly want to hear from uh, the Yankee fans, the Mets fans, 1-800-919-ESPN, is it seems pretty clear Yankees got played. The Yankees got played in this. If you're saying this guy always wanted to be a Dodger, well, then the Yankees completely wasted their time. Now, I guess maybe you could say that the Yankees at least upped the contract because of their offer, and I guess the Mets offer as well, and other teams offer as well. But you wasted your time with this guy. The entire offseason, after making the Soto deal, it seems like it was all focused on this. And if you're saying now that, well, this guy just always wanted to be a Dodger, it was then you were completely just killing time and wasting time 
focused on him and, and trying to, to sway him to come here. And what the real trouble, the Yankees thought they were going to get this guy. And the problem with that is, well, look, you, you think you're going to get every free agent that you're willing. It's just another example of, of the Yankees' judgment being wrong, and that has been a, um, a running theme, certainly these last two years, with Brian Cashman. We've talked about that in the past with the Yankees. If there's something that is taking place, and the Yankees see it one way, and most people see it another way, the most people are probably going to be right. You can't trust the Yankees' judgment time and time again. So that's the first thing. And okay, fine. Maybe they got played, whatever. Now the question is, what do you do? You offered $300 million for Yamamoto. Where are you going now? And the bigger question is, th- that money still exists, right? Like, you don't come out and tell me, well, we had $300 for Yamamoto, but that was exclusively decide him. We don't have that same budget for something else. Don't tell me that because the Yankees clearly cannot be done at this point. And I don't want to hear, well, we'll pivot, but the pivots are going to be, well, we'll sign Frankie Montas to a, a, a pillow contract and we'll try and go out and get this one. See, Yamamoto, the thing that was good about him, and even though I've never really seen him pitch live in a major league game, is that he, by all metrics and measures, was good enough. I didn't need to trust Brian Cashman's judgment. Everybody wanted this guy. It wasn't just Cashman. That's why I like the Soto deal, because I know Soto's really good. He's so good, I don't have to trust Brian Cashman's judgment. Alex Verdugo, that falls into the second bucket. With Alex Verdugo, you are kind of trusting what the Yankees think. Well, the Yankees think this guy can play center field every... uh. So I don't know what the plan B option is. The ones that get mentioned a lot is go out and sign Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell. I don't think it has anybody mentioned. Has anybody linked Blake Snell to the Yankees? I hope not. I hope not. But Montgomery is going to be 31 next year. And keep in mind, the Yankees traded Montgomery because they didn't think that he was going to start a postseason game for them. So now... That would be another If they do go and pursue Jordan Montgomery, that's another sign that you can't trust their judgment. Back a couple of years ago, well, he's not good enough to start a postseason game. Now we're going to pay him like a top-line starting pitcher, what, $20 million a year? It doesn't seem like that would be the, the next course of action. So then you talk about the trade market, and there's plenty of names there uh, between Dylan Cease and, and Corbin Burns or Shane Bieber. But my question, are the Yankees going to trade more depth in prospects to go get one of them? And i got to be honest with you, with all this talk about the starting pitching, I, I still kind of feel like the offense is the issue anyway. That has been the issue. It's the, it was the issue last year, regular season. In other years, it's been the issue postseason. So I feel like the Soto move, while great, I love it and fantastic, and now with losing Yamamoto, you'd have to think that increases the odds of signing Soto long-term, which I love. But I kind of feel like the, the offense has been the issue anyway. So there are more than enough options. But the big thing is this cannot be a replay of last offseason. Remember what happened. They went out and signed Rodon, which I, was, I wasn't crazy about at the time. But more importantly, they said, well, we signed Rodon, but we're not done yet. 
And they were done. They were absolutely done. They were completely done. They didn't do anything else. So that this cannot be a replay. It felt like with the Soto move, this was almost like Godfather 1 where Michael settles all family business. That kind of offseason, we're just going to shoot the locks off the wallet and we're going for it full bore. And now with this little sidetrack, it doesn't feel like settling all family business. Soto, great, fantastic. But what's next? And no matter what's next, it's going to rely on the judgment of Brian Cashman. And given the last couple of years, that's got to make you, if if you're a Yankee fan, a little queasy. A little sick to your stomach. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. The other narrative that's come out about this is with the Yankees and Mets both going after Yamamoto and neither of them getting him, who is this more devastating for? Is it the Yankees, the Yankee brand finishing third in the running between the Dodgers, the Mets offering 325, the Yankees only offering 300, the Yankees offseason, which, again, was supposed to be about full bore. We got to fix this in one of them. Is it more devastating for them? Or is it more devastating for the Mets? Steve Cohen. Not able to land the guy. He's flying to Japan to meet with the guy. He wasn't doing that for the frequent flyer miles. I have a very strong opinion. This, to me, this is not even debatable. But I'll tell you who it's more devastating for coming up next. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, it is uh, the Gordon Damer Show. That took a turn. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. So we'll get to the phones here in a second uh, about the Yankees and the Mets and the offseason and Yamamoto and all that type of stuff. But this whole conversation that everybody's been having, oh, who's this more devastating for? Is it the Yankees? Is it the Mets? This is not even close. Clearly it's the Mets. It's all the Mets. The Yankees do have plan Bs. Now, look, I'm not telling you that a clear-cut plan B is, oh, well, obviously what they do is this now. No, there's a lot of different options. And given Brian Cashman's track record here the last couple of years, which has been horrendously bad, it's like mush from a Bronx Tale band. But there are options. For the Mets, there is no plan B. Steve Cohen's told you, well, we're not going to really pivot to the next best names in the free agent market. Yamamoto was the guy because he's good now and he's good later. Because he's 25, this was the perfect guy for the Mets to target. Because they're not expected, they're more planning for a year from now, two years from now, and the long-term build. So Yamamoto would have been perfect. Blake Snell's not that guy at 31. Jordan Montgomery's not that guy at 31. The Mets don't want to trade prospects. They just built up their farm system. So clearly, when there's no other options, this was your one shot. That's the team it's more devastating for. Plus, I know there's been a lot, well, you can't blame the Mets. They offered as much as the Dodgers. Yeah, you had the same offer as the Dodgers. That's not good enough. Steve Cohen, in his short time running the Mets, has established a brand, and that brand is wildly overpaying for things. That's his thing. Cost two dollars, I'll pay five. It's ten bucks, I'll give you twenty. That's his thing. Verlander, Scherzer, 
uh, eight years for Brandon Nimmo, Carlos Correa last offseason, $50 million for Jeff McNeil, $80 million for Starling Marte. That was the hammer. That's what you have with Steve Cohen. That's why everybody's talking, oh, Steve Cohen, there's no budget. This is the time you have a budget? This is the time where you're, you're equal to the other? No, you got to be a, way ahead of them. Otherwise, you're not in the game. And I'm saying you don't have to overpay for everyone. That's a mistake. But you should overpay for the difference makers. And Yamamoto, he seems to be that difference maker. If you were just going to offer what everyone else was going to offer, anybody could have told you you weren't going to get the guy. That's your brand. Steve Cohen's brand is way overpaying for things. I'm the guy. I'm Scrooge McDuck. I got all the money. Right. Go spend the money. That's the thing. That's why we thought that it was possible that he, that the, it wasn't because the Mets are on the level of the Dodgers or the Yankees. It's because they have the owner that has no budget. So to simply say, well, the Mets offered the same as the, yes, of course, he's going to go to the Dodgers. If they offered the same as the Yankees, he was going to go to the Yankees. This is a very weird time. And the overall, ah, I can't blame the Mets. They offered the same as the, no, you can blame the Mets. This was their hammer and they decided to leave it in the toolbox for some reason. Well, it's about the long term. You're signing the guy for a decade. You're signing the guy for 12 years. And the other kind of negative thing is the Dodgers are in your league. So now you have the Braves in your division and the Dodgers in your league. I think it's a huge, huge missed opportunity for the New York Mets. And at least part. Now, look, maybe if you offered $500 million, he might have still went to the Dodgers. But at least at that point, well, he was never coming here. Offering the same as the Dodgers, that doesn't answer that question. Terrible job. And, and one that we were all kind of scrounging for information this entire time. The Yankees are holding the number 18 as if that had any. <laughs> we got your 18 jersey over here. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go take 325 in L.A. Play second fiddle to Otani. But if, 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 while we're all scrounging for information, if anybody would have come out and said, well, the Mets are going to offer the same as the highest bidder, we all would have said, well, obviously the Mets are not going to get them. But somehow, reason uh, the Mets didn't realize that. Very odd. Very odd. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Let's start things off on the phones. Let's go to Ken in New Windsor. Ken, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up? Good morning, man. Um, appreciate um the conversation today. Um, I I disagree with your Yankees slash Cashman's judgment point. Okay. Um, and and really f- for this as a Yankees fan, um, they're at the table. They got that Soto acquisition right now is looking really good coming out of this, you know, this free agency signing period, whatever, however you want to classify it. Um, I as a Yankees fan. To say that they have bad judgment would mean that I would have to see a team that's not even in conversations at the table. They're at the table. As yes, he he signed twelve years, a dual decennium, however much for three hundred twenty-five. 
you know, Yamamoto to the Dodgers. We also don't know what the Yankees knew. See, I'm just finding out that apparently he may have wanted to go to, to L.A., but that may have been after the Otani signing. But were the Yankees trying to steal him from under the Dodgers? That would have been a slick move. I don't know. I, 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 I understand the whole let's keep up on the, G, uh, you know, the GM, the you know, Cashman, poor judgment, this, that, and the third. $300 million for 10 years. I can't be upset as a Yankees fan that that was the offer at the table. They all, I also don't know what they know. I do agree with your Mets point um, that they should be more devastated. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't – I'm not questioning the Yankees' judgment right now or saying that they, have, they just signed Soto as well. And there's $300 million to flash to the league and to players. That okay. Well, team is, all, is willing to be competitive. Yeah. Well, look, Ken, and thanks for the phone call. If, if they go out, as they rightfully should, and I think most people expect – to go use that money other places, well, then we'll judge those moves when those moves are made. But I'm just coming off last offseason where the expectation, based on their own comments, hey, we're not done yet, and they were done. So, yeah, would I expect them to go out and make other moves? Yeah, and we'll judge those moves when they make those moves, whatever those moves are. In terms of the Yankees' judgment, that's not, that's not debatable now. The last two years, Brian Cashman's judgment has been terrible. Terrible. And it's why the Yankees find themselves in the spot that they're in. He's the guy running the show. Who, who else can we judge? And this idea, well, the Yankees were at the table. Of course the Yankees were at the table. Anybody could have been at the table. Just because you have a checkbook, you get to be at the table. Whether or not you land the guy, that's the... I, I feel very much like uh, Alec Baldwin's character in Glen Gary, Glenn Ross. Coffee is for closers. It's either blank or walk. It's a very bottom line. Either you get the guy or you don't get the guy. Now, I, I don't think the Yankees have a, a, a situation where there was only one road. There are, are there are other roads. They're not quite as direct to the destination, but there are other roads. But in terms of questioning Brian Cashman's judgment, no. I mean, just take a look at the moves the, the last couple of years. We've gone through them ad nauseum. It's almost like... Um, Sansa Stark's list from Game of Thrones where she's checking off all the people she wants to murder. It's, a, it's an extensive list. Every night at bed, before bed, I have to say the names. Gallo, Donaldson, Monta. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. G is in uh, Westchester. G, what's going on, man? What's up, buddy? Happy holidays. How are you? Same to you. All right. So, as a Mets fan, and, and don't hang up on me, please. <laughs> Well, I will at some point, uh, but go ahead. uh, (laughs) No, no, I get that. So, look, you know, Yamamoto, obviously an unproven commodity in the U.S., right? And, uh, you know, for both the Mets and Yankees, they both wanted him. Well, guess what? They didn't get him. So you just move on. I I mean, I get it, and I understand it's a talk show, and I I get all that. But but you know what? I, I actually do like what Cohen is doing. I know we signed about 20 to 22 players, you know, pretty much you know, role players, minor league players, that's fine. I I mean, I just think as a Dodger fan, the the last time I checked, you need about 22 solid players on a major league roster, going from nine in a lineup, four solid relievers, four closers. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you got two guys. This was set up from the beginning. When Otani deferred his money, everyone should have seen this coming. Because you knew they were going to land uh, Yamamoto, they, he deferred all his money so he can they could bring him over. So they don't take as much as a hit. But 
I think Cohen and Cashman did what they could do. Uh, you know, an unproven commodity. So you move on and, and you try to build elsewhere. But I appreciate taking time to listen to me. Happy holidays to all you guys there. Thanks, G. I appreciate it. Uh, well, look, yeah, you want to move on, but there's no, you know, when it comes to the Mets, there is no other pivot point. Because, like, if the Mets were going for it this offseason, I'd say, okay, fine. There are other guys that you can get, but the Mets are really building this for a couple of years from now. So there are no other 25-year-old studs that are available for just cash. So, yeah, you, do you have to move on? Yeah, of course you have to move on. But that's why this th- there, there was one singular move for the Mets to land this offseason. Nobody was expecting them to go get Otani, but Yamamoto based on the fact it was only money and your owner is Steve Cohen, that seems to line up. And the fact that he's 25, he's not just going to be good this year. He's a guy you can build around at the top of your rotation. Your greatest need is starting pitching. This guy was the best guy available. You're flying to Japan to meet with him and everything else. So I get what you're saying. Yes, do you have to put, do you have to move on? Yeah, well, they're going to play a baseball season and the Mets are going to play the baseball season. So yeah, you, you have to eventually move on. But for both teams, they struck out. Um, and we can all say now, well, it was clear he was going to go. It wasn't clear at the time. They, they, the people in the room didn't know it was clear. The Yankees didn't know it was clear. The Mets didn't know it was If they knew it was clear, they wouldn't have gone to the lengths that they did. Calling up Hideki Matsui, keeping that 18. We got the 18 jersey, but we got the 18. We can give you, we can give you the 18 jersey now. You don't want the 18 jersey? I thought that was so important. Gosh, they have an 18 too? Ah, darn it. How did we not see this coming? 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more of your takes on uh, Yamamoto and the Mets and Yankees. Plus, we got to get into the Knicks. Oh, my gosh, so many things being said about the Knicks. And I'm here to defend the Knicks, which is defensive, uh, defense and Knicks are not two things that go together lately, but we'll get into that too. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Yankees and Mets striking out when it comes to uh, Yamamoto. He off to the Dodgers now. And what's, what's the plan B? What's the plan B for the Yankees? What's the plan B for the Mets? For me, of the names that I have heard mentioned, and, and I feel like sometimes the, the, the best moves that Brian Cashman makes are the ones that kind of happen in the shadows. You don't know any... It's not the obvious move. It's the one that kind of swerves in from the side. The name that of the ones that have been mentioned, I would prefer they go the trade route rather than the free agent route. I have no interest in Blake Snell. Oh, dear God. Can you imagine watching this guy five innings, walk in the ballpark? And he's had he's a two-time Cy Young. Problem is, if he doesn't win the Cy Young, he's like league average. He's like, meh. And it's just exhausting. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to do this. So I'm not really interested in Snell. I mean, I guess I would have uh, some interest. Montgomery's like a nice kind of stopgap guy. And that would be fine if you go get him, he'll give you some innings, and then you go out and make another move to improve the offense. It's kind of like the offense has kind of been forgotten about just because they got Soto. And Soto's great. I love Soto. But I don't know that that fixed the Yankee offense altogether. And you're still kind of relying on a lot of guys coming back and, and getting back to where they were. Anthony Rizzo and Giancarlo Stanton and DJ LeMahieu and I, I don't I don't want to rely on that. The one name that jumps out to me and I don't know how realistic it is is uh, Dylan Cease. That would be the one uh, above of, of all the ones that have been mentioned and Corbin Burnson. That would be one and one A. By the way, have we forgotten how one A works? 
One A is not a one. One is one. One A is like just behind one. That's why it's one A. But we'll get into that as we go along here. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, the, other, the other thing with the Mets, I'm interested in now, is does losing Yamamoto force the Mets to make a decision on Pete Alonso? They've made it clear that there's no big splash move that's coming this offseason. They'll make some moves, but I think it's going to be in line with the ones they've already made where you're like, mm, yeah, okay. Mm, yeah. They got Luis Severino. Yeah, okay. So could the one big splash move that would certainly win approval with the fan base would be, hey, lock up Pete Alonso now. And I would say if you're going to sign Pete Alonso long-term, this is the offseason to do it. Get into whatever that contract is going to be sooner rather than later. I, I, I'm not a big fan of, of locking him up. It's crazy to me the amount of calls we take. Well, Giancarlo Stanton, of course, of course this is where he's at now. He's, he's, he's slow. He's unathletic. And eventually, at some point, you knew that contract was going to turn bad. But then in the same breath, we'll take another call. We got to sign Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso is a lot like Giancarlo Stanton. Not a good fielder. First baseman, slow foot, he gives you one thing. He gives you power. But that does not generally tend to age well. And it seems pretty clear to me, at least just by kind of reading the tea leaves, it, it doesn't seem like the Mets are really all that interested in signing Alonzo long-term, right? They had conversations before the trade deadline last year. Scott Boris has gone on record as saying, hey, we're open for business over here. And there hasn't really at least according to all the reports, been any movement on the Mets to get into that. So uh, I'll be interested to see if that's going to end up being the splash move because I don't like signing him long-term, but I'd rather sign him sooner than later. I'd, I'd rather sign him this offseason than next offseason, at least whatever that contract is. And with Boris as his agent, it's going to be top of the market. He's not taking some kind of discount if Scott Boris is and changed to Scott Boris, had another agent and changed to Scott Boris. He's not going to be giving any hometown discount, doesn't seem. So if you're going to get in on it, if it's going to be an eight-year deal, I'd rather one of the eight years be this year. Buy out one of the last year of his arbitration and move on from there. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Marvin is in the Bronx. Marvin, what's going on this morning? Listen, AG, man, first of all, I know you're a movie buff. You're incredible. <laughs> Next time I call you, I'm going to say they call me Mr. Tibbs. There you go. Listen, all right, you know I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I've been a Yankee fan this year coming up 60 years, right? Uh-huh. And I've been through some bad times. So, to me, the Yankee brand will never be tarnished. The Yankees are iconic. So, that 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 lies, there's no problem there. I understand you have legitimate cri- criticism of Brian Cashman. He's made a lot of mistakes, but I don't see anybody um, coming up behind him to replace him. And, uh... One of the Yankees executives, I don't want to name drop, um, but I will. Randy Levine and I have been friends since college, right? But And I know Randy is such a long time that if Brian wasn't competent in some areas, he would be gone. Well, look, I, I'm not saying he's incompetent. I don't think, Marvin, and thanks for the phone call, I don't think he's a terrible GM, but he's made terrible moves. Uh, I mean, the last two years, they've been all, uh, just about all bad. And especially the big ones. And the ones that you've relied on his judgment, right? Like when they go out and get Donaldson and they bring him in, 
along with IKF. Well, IKF can play a gold glove level short, and then they didn't play a gold glove. He's a, he's a great third baseman, and he turned he, he did the best in terms of versatility this year, being the, the Yankee outfielder who played the most outfield because the team was put together so poorly last offseason. Uh, that was a judgment call, which the Yankees were wrong on. Bringing in Donaldson. Well, we need that kind of fire. We need somebody with that kind of grit. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't really pay dividends. Or Frankie Montas or, or Joey Gallo. All these moves along the way. And it's almost like if there have been moves that have worked out well up until the injury this past year, the, the Rizzo move was a good move, but everybody liked that move at the time. When you have to... Re- when there's a move that comes, you're like, oh, geez, I'm not sure about that. The answers is, at least in the last couple of years, have been, no, that's wrong. That's a bad move, right? Well, we didn't get Luis Castillo. We got the next best thing, Frankie Monta. Yeah, no, nah, it was not the next best thing. And that's another, I've heard a lot of people, well, bring back Frankie Montas in a one year. No! What? what? No! Well, how bad can he be? Have you seen him with the Yankees? He was hurt before they got him. They got him. He was hurt. He stunk when he pitched. Now, I think we can use those resources in other ways. Please. Uh, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Justin is in Tom's River. Justin, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon. Happy holidays. Thanks for always taking my phone call. Um, you made a lot of great points, you know, especially with that Mets take. This totally is egg on uh, Steve Cohen's face. You know, there's always been that narrative out there that, oh, Cohen can sign anybody he wants and he'll get anybody he wants. And that, you know, he, I think he totally misread the whole uh, Yamamoto with trying to sign him. I thought he, he, in his mind, he thought that he had the Japanese pitcher already on his staff. Oh, you know, we, we give him an extra day's rest and that he would be able to, um, you know, easing over to the major leagues, easily coming over to the Mets with them already having that Japanese pitcher there. But, um, you know, when it comes to Yamamoto as a Yankee fan, for me, I'm kind of like you, Gordon. You know, I'm really not upset about it. You know, to spend that kind of money on an unproven pitcher coming over here to the major leagues, the the fact is some of them do make it and some of them don't. And to pay him $325 million, you're paying him more than Garrett Cole overall in the contract. I just don't like that. And I agree with you with the Yankees spreading that money out and, and addressing some other needs besides pitcher, too, as well. You know, Corbin Burns, I think, would be a nice addition. They've already said that. That's the where they're going to pivot to, but I think also too, like you said, this offense does need to be even after Soto still needs to be addressed as well. Yeah, and that's the one that I feel like is kind of. And thanks for the call, Justin. I think that that one's kind of being lost. It seems like on the offensive side of things, Yankees are done. Right? They got Soto, and he's fantastic. And then they got Verdugo, which I guess he's better than what they were playing in the outfield last offseason because they were playing IKF in the outfield last offseason. Like, just a league average guy would have been better than what they had in the outfield last year. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best that you can do. This And this is the time to do it. Like, I, I hate this approach that the Yankees have. Well, we'll do this now, but then we'll get into the season, how it sees, see how it plays out, and then we can make a move or two. No, no, no. This right now, you can just do it for money. And clearly, you had the money. You had the money a second ago, so go out and use that money uh, appropriately. And okay, if you're not going to play top of the market, you didn't get Yamamoto, and it seems like that was the one move top of the market to go get. The we all focus on, hey, this team has this star and that star. When really, it's not about necessarily the 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 top of the line strengths. It's about making sure you minimize any weakness. And last year, the Yankees just had way too many weaknesses. The rotation was a weakness after Garrett Cole. The offense was a complete weakness. 
So you have to make sure you shore up those weaknesses and have the best all-around team that you can have. If you're not going to spend top of the market and get that star that nobody can question, okay, now let's make sure instead of the ceiling, let's make sure we strengthen the floor. Uh, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Bobby is in Belmore. Bobby, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Yeah, I go on. Well, I guess you have one else, though. Uh, you know, Montgomery pushed pretty good in the playoffs last year, where I recall. I mean, he had 2670 RA. I think it was like 5 and 0 or something. No, he was great. So, I mean, as soon as he left the Yankees, yeah, he became but, like a different level of pitcher. Well, the life, well in the lifetime trial match, said he couldn't pitch for the Yankees, said he couldn't pitch in the playoffs. So, you know, that's another thing put on his record. Well, it wasn't so much uh, that he let, couldn't let, pitch in the playoffs, it was that they felt like they had four better starters than him, which was obviously a misjudgment well, that's, as well. That's really saying the same thing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, uh, now, as far as John Ronaldo is concerned, I disagree with you. Uh, I don't know if you if you know. I'm, I'm sure you do. That you know the Mets made the offer, the Dodgers match, and they didn't get back to the Mets. Now, Cohen doesn't have the right to shouldn't have to go begging the uh, him to, to that he you know that he wants to be fifty. They never got back to him, which means that he never wanted to go to the Mets in the first place. And he used the Mets like he does, like the Mets always use, and the Yankees were used as well. Like you said, it was the sixteen million deferred was a was a red flag. And he always wanted to go to the Dodgers. And Cohen shouldn't have to go. To, Cohen said this. Cohen said he never got back to the Mets after the offer. So in negotiations, you don't keep offering more money. The guy never gets back to you. Well, but here's the thing, Bobby. You, can't, you, you had to know, and thanks for the phone call, you had to know if you're the Mets, if you come in with the same offer as the Dodgers or roughly close, the, the, the edge goes to the Dodgers. Tie goes to the runner. Tie goes to the Dodgers. If you had told me, before, when this whole thing got started, the Mets are going to make the best offer, but it's going to match another team's offer like the Dodgers. Well, I, I could have told you right then the Mets weren't going to get them. The Mets' strength is their brand with Steve Cohen is, I'm buying it. I don't care what it costs. And it's not about, well, they didn't get back to them. You got to go in there and blow them out of the water. That's what they were expecting. That's the, the, um, the, the standard that Steve Cohen has set wildly overpaying because he can. That's all I've heard about Steve Cohen from the moment he got, this guy, oh, he's the richest owner. And that's how it's played out. I remember being on the on a Saturday show when it first got floated, the Mets are going to uh, go after uh, Max Scherzer. And at the time, well, they're not going to get Max Scherzer. How are they going to get Max Scherzer? Well, they got Max Scherzer by wildly overpaying for Max Scherzer. That's what they have to do. That's what everyone was expecting. Now, if they offered, I don't know, $500 million for 12 years, and he still went to the do- Okay, fine. Well, then you can say, I gave it my best shot, and my best shot wasn't good enough. But if Steve Cohen's offer matches up with someone else's offer, the chances are they're going to go the other place. You're not in the game. Their price is not your price. Your price is higher. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Subi in Midtown. Subi, go, my man. I just wanted to make that quick. I just wanted to make that quick point with uh, a lot of mediocrity in baseball. I mean, the Dodgers didn't have any room for error, so maybe the Mets and the Yankees offered three hundred because that was the number that was going around. If they offered three fifty, you mentioned five hundred. I, I don't think that would. I don't think that was the number either. So. Uh, he chose the best team for himself. And the Dodgers, you know, they, they were dealing with a lot of uh, playoff losses for the past three seasons. So I think what I'm trying to say is if you try to 
get the one-year deals down, whether it be um, Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, at least you have them for a year, and then you can check it out what's going on next year. Because, like I said, there's a lot of mediocrity in baseball, and it seems like the Rangers, who won last year, won by being a streaky team. So at the trade deadline, we can see what these two teams are going to be all about and then make our move from there. I don't know why that's a big problem. That's it. Well, because you're, you're – Subi, thanks for the phone call. A, you're not getting Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery on a one-year deal. Um, that's the first thing. And the second thing is this is the time to – if you add people now, you have them for the whole season. I would prefer to have people for the whole season than get them in July. Now, I'm not saying you don't also add in – no, you, you add every step of the way. Where you can add, you add. You make your moves now. Yes, absolutely. Well, we'll see how it plays. No, no, this is the time. This is the offseason. This is the time to – and it's money, and you have the money. You just were offering $300 million for a guy. Go, go, go use that money in other places. I'm not, and I'm not even telling you specifically, hey, I want this and I want that. Let me see what it is, and then I'll tell you if I like it or not. Like the, the Yamamoto deal, to me, the Yankees probably should have offered more. And this idea, well, they were, they were offering what other people. No, be better. You have to be the best. You can't be third. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Vincent is in a story of Vincent Goma, man. Morning, going to thank you for taking my call. I always enjoy it when you're on, but I, I'm going to say, as a Met fan, I am going to disagree with you 100%. And I agree, yes, we need to outbid the Dodgers, but to me, it was evident he wasn't coming here. We offered the 325. He went back to L.A., got the 325, and I don't think he gave us a chance to come back for 350, 360, or anything but like that. But that's the thing. I you don't have to. You shouldn't, you shouldn't go in thinking you were going to get the chance to match. You have to go in – you know, pedal to the metal, no, no, balls to the wall, they, and, and they, give they, an offer that's yeah. outrageous. Well, okay. What's outrageous? 500 is not worth it to me. I, 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 and listen, I want Yamamoto as but bad that, as you that, do. See, Vincent, this is what I've been told the whole time. Money doesn't matter to Steve Cohen. And I'm not saying overpay for everybody like he's kind of done so far, but for true but, difference makers, which it seems like this guy is a true so difference maker. You don't really know. You don't really know what this guy. Well, then why guy, are you because, winning anyway? Yeah, if it was, well, if it, let's say Juan Soto, you can you, you can bet that he's going to be a superstar. He's got a proven track record. He's this guy might be the next Tim Lissacum, and he you know gives you three, four great years, and then you know he's five foot what eight, and he breaks down, and then now you got six, seven years of a contract, not even eight years of a contract. That's you know you don't know. I, I listen. I agree. We have to outbid, but I. I don't think I don't think he cared about coming in. I, I think what happened was he got his money or enough of the money. Yeah, maybe he could have milked the, the Dodgers for another twenty five million. But I would be more pissed if I'm a Yankee fan because they stopped at three hundred thousand uh, three hundred million and they didn't even come up to match and you're right, they need to be better. And that's as a Met fan, I think we gave our best shot. I don't think that he he was coming here. I think he got what he wanted, which was whatever over three hundred million. He's going to go to the Dodgers. He's going to be with Otani, uh, and they're going to have a you know great team. But let's change gears for one second. How come when Cohen comes to the uh, uh, MLB and he starts spending money, we create a Cohen tax? But yet the Dodgers come and they defer all this money, and the MLB doesn't care. Well, look, I mean, Vincent, I, I agree with that? you on that one. I got to run because we're up against the clock. I agree with you on that. The fact that that Otani contract's going to be allowed to stand in the way that it is is outrageous to me, and um, 
it's a complete game changer that's kind of been lost in the it's been mentioned but I don't think that the the precedent that it sets is been mentioned nearly enough but look I, I'm upset that the Yankees got I'm not devastated because there are other there are other options which might turn out to be better and and for me it's not always about those top flight guys it's about making sure you have the best overall team so the Yankees have other options they can go and take care of things if they are going to still spend that money. Now, if they're, they're taking that money away and they're not going to spend that money on other people, well, then that's a problem. And I'll, I'll crush them at the time. But for Cohen, we all, I mean, all I've been hearing since Steve Cohen took over, ah, he's got no budget, money is no object for Steve Cohen. And then he gets in there, well, what, they're offering what? Uh, we'll offer three twenty-five. It's like he was on uh, The Price is Right and he offers $1 more than the guy that's standing to the left of him. That's not going to get it done. You got to go all out, and he didn't go all out. And is it possible that if the Mets offered five hundred million, he would have taken that offer back to the Dodgers and still went to the? Do- yeah, that is possible. But then at least you'd know you have no shot. You didn't swing the bat, not really. 